Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, welcome to the COB on AusBiz this Friday afternoon. I'm Gemma Acton, joined by two people this Friday afternoon, uh, Scuddy and Nadine. Uh, well, guys, what's been happening this week? I've been on holiday once again. Oh, <laughs> did Gemma. A, did a speed Rubbing our noses in yeah, Thanks, Gemma. How, how was Byron Bay? <laughs> it was great. Thank you. Um, what happened this week? Um, I'll go through the long, laundry list of macro. We had the RBA on Tuesday. Mm. We are out of technical recession. I'm sure you saw those news headlines, even up in Byron. <laughs> and uh, yeah, what else? We heard from the Reserve Bank Governor, Phil Lowe. Yeah, we got a, a certain post put on Twitter that was quite controversial yeah, and uh, has led to a real really think of the, uh, the Australian-China relationship and where it goes from here. And that's uh, going to be an ongoing process. That's me, it's like one of the other lasting impressions of this week. And of course, like the national accounts as well. Uh, Australia's looking pretty good at the moment. Another dominant thing, which is, is really important as well, is dollar weakness, US dollar weakness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really starting to play out as well. So lots of you know, moving parts beneath the surface at a time when generally we're starting to wind down for the year. Well, let me bring a uh, observational uh, side to the consumption figures out in the GDP this week. At that whole area, we were actually a bit further north of Byron. So Byron's obviously a, a real hot spot. Uh, but if you go a bit further north, it's it's a bit less like that and more people live there, locals rather than tourists. But it was absolutely pumping. Could not get a restaurant reservation for love or money. Even just casual hotels couldn't get into. Traffic jams everywhere, everything booked out. Uh, so certainly the services economy seems to be very much roaring back to life. And it was obviously the wash up from Black Friday and Cyber Monday. We heard about it today in Premier Investments. Results, I guess we'll get there in just a moment. But uh, yeah, anecdotally, it was so hot in Sydney last week, and mm. you missed it, possibly, that uh, I took the kids off to the shopping centre. I ended up doing all my Christmas shopping for overseas gifts. In pursuit of air conditioning. In pursuit of air conditioning, yes. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. Um, but it was so busy. And I think it's partly the sales, maybe the weather, but it's just, uh, it really appears as if people are opening their wallets this Christmas. And why not? We saw in that... Uh, uh, report this week that while the savings rate is going down, it's still you know really elevated levels. Stimulus has built that bridge. You've got mm-hmm. to think. So it seems. Yeah, it's. Uh, I read about it during the week. It's um, feeling pretty bullish when it comes to the services consumption. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, some people have tried to go and temper my enthusiasm when I've uh, expressed it on air, but uh, to me, it's. Uh, We've been understating the uh, the recovery to date, and I'm not going to be surprised to see that trend continue moving forward. Look at uh, I was looking into the uh, data surprise index for Australia, and we are completely above everyone else when it comes to data surprises. So the Australian economy is snapping back far quicker than many people thought. We're going to see revisions come through from the government. It looks like and the uh, the the MIFO, which is coming up in a couple of weeks' time, uh, looks like the RBA is probably going to have to go and tweak its forecast too. So. Uh, they're catching up to what's, uh, what's already in the reality on the ground. And I suspect that uh, the momentum we're carrying, we can keep that virus in control and 
uh, looks like we are for the time then. And so it's bright days ahead. And adding to that, you just my Phil reminded me, and then you, you factor in iron ore prices, which are continuing to go sky high up around the seven year highs. And that has implications for the budget as well, because the price forecasts that uh, Treasury has in their budgets, you know, not anywhere near what we're actually seeing come through. Although they seem to love that because they didn't take the opportunity to revise them earlier this year when they were already well below yeah. what they what they should have been. And we've uh, also got to consider as well that whilst iron ore is our biggest uh, biggest export item uh, and really important for the national accounts, uh, what it comes the, the budgetary position, I should say, uh, coal prices have been at or below uh, where budget forecasts were. Same with our LNG prices. So there is a bit of a contra going on, but uh, no, we'll take the iron ore yeah. at 137 bucks a ton all day of the week. <laughs> uh, been interesting watching the dollar as well. That's certainly moved up a couple of cents since I went away, which was uh, just a week ago. Now it's looking uh, on track to, who knows, like push into the 80s early next year. Yeah, it's, uh, that, 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 that'll be, uh, it gives us the 80 early next year. Maybe at some point next year, it's a possibility, certainly. Um, but I fully expect the US dollar is going to have some kind of like you no know, short-term bounce in the uh, interim because there are so many pessimists out there. But you look at the, the broader backdrop, the US is not uh, an exceptional economy anymore when it comes to like the major ones out there. It's going to be run of the mill when it comes to performance. Uh, you look at what's going on with the risk aversion. Well, as long as that keeps you know, under wraps as well, a big, strong cyclical recovery in the global economy. Look what happened back you know, in the times like you no know, lead up to the, uh, to the GFC. Uh, and after the other uh, GFC and we saw the economic recoveries, what did the Aussie dollar do then? It rallied. I suspect the same thing will happen again. And speaking of the US, I, and I know we probably talk about this all the time, but the, the case count there is just extraordinary. Like pushing through 200,000 new cases a day uh, is just staggering. And what I'm so afraid of is that the UK has moved so quickly on this vaccine. I pray it goes right. If it doesn't, you know, that could really going to set back the case for people taking it. It's going to be so easy for the fear mongers to, to, to make a, a more solid case that, that the vaccine is dangerous. Yeah. If, if there is any sort of hitch in the rollout in the UK, which is which in a week's time, it will already be underway. Well, I guess maybe the, the Pfizer news today could be a blessing in disguise that it slows it down just a bit, make sure that things get um, get sorted out. But yeah, frontline workers there the first in line to get the vaccine. And the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, saying that he will take it on television live to mm. prove the that it's safe. But yeah, I mean, it, the vaccine discussion, where does it end? I think that a lot of the exuberance around that perhaps has been priced into markets. But yeah, every day, every headline sort of brings another another nuance to the whole scenario. Yeah, uh, it's price. Um, where the rollout of the vaccine next year, uh, Life getting back to normal by probably the, the final quarter of next year, I reckon, is completely in the price. So the bar is set high. It's not, it's not uh, insurmountable, but certainly you can see the potential for pockets of uh, no, uh, things to go wrong during that period that could go and uh, unrail markets a little bit. So uh, it's, it's worth while keeping an eye on, but yeah, I get the sense that uh, you know, there's so much optimism pricing, whether it's about vaccines, stimulus, everything else. Sweeney City Swans uh, chances next year for a flag. I don't know, <laughs> whatever. But, um... Um, but yeah, this week, case in point, you know, we have had a bit of a bit of a consolidation, a bit of a pause. But I was speaking with a guest today, Marcus Bogdan from Blackmore's Capital, who was saying, "Look, this is really healthy. Mm. You know, it's it's it was needed after that exuberance in November. They have taken a bit of profits off the table, and um, you know, but still tilting," he said, "toward value, seeing still some opportunities in the value space." And and I think you can listen to that interview via the show notes 
of this podcast. And he literally, he gives a laundry list really of companies that he sees um, doing well as we emerge from the pandemic and also keeping a bit of you know, defensiveness. So really playing, playing all of those themes. Well, speaking about stock specific opportunities, uh, today our stock of the day was Premier Investments. Let's have a listen to what Adam Dawes from Shurum Partners had to say. Really, it's the management that is, is really running this business. And to be up, as the chart says, as you say there, above post or pre-COVID highs, um, that's just a great testament to the business. And even when they're in lockdown, retail's been you know, pretty much shot. It's that online business that has really done very well. Peter Alexander is a fantastic business. And uh, you know, you go to those factory outlets side and there's always a lineup outside Peter Alexandria, mm. Alexander, but there, any of the other store, you know, you can just walk and walk in freely because it's just yeah. so one of those popular things. Um, the way they turn around a lot of the traditional old school brands and then to reinvigorate that and continue to generate return from those has been incredible. Mm. Um, and uh, they've got a great online strategy and a great balance sheet. Um, and it also plays into that reopening theme uh, because a yep. lot of their shops pretty much shut. Um, mm. So I love that stock. It's not a cheap retailer, but it is a retailer that is very defensive and you know the management team will get the best out of every brand. And that was June Bailu from Tribeca Investment Partners. And they won't like it. We're going long. <laughs> that uh, Premier Investments is going straight on into our Auspice portfolio. Some work for our producer, Gotham. We're going to rejig all those graphics. Oh, well, he's got, he's got the afternoon. In Solly Lou, we trust. <laughs> well, talking about really strong retail sales, really big jump in online sales, all those same sort of thematics that we've been seeing throughout. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny, if you stand back and look at retail sales, it obviously came in a little lower than expected today, 1.4% uh, against the 1.6% expected. And it's difficult to get a sense of actually how it's tracking, given that it has been so volatile this year, dramatically up, dramatically down uh, in, in most months. But when you do stand back and look at it, it's actually pretty strong year on year, which is stronger than I had um, calculated in my head, you know, on the back of the envelope. Uh, so I was quite, quite surprised. I've done my strength. part. <laughs> well done, yeah. Yeah. I've got, yeah, my, um, my cards have worn out pretty much in the past little the, while. The, long, the longer term trend though, in broader consumption between services spending and good spending, uh, for several decades, it was you know, toward, increasing towards uh, experiences yeah. and services and away from goods. And whilst this year we haven't had the same ability, particularly when it comes to travel, to go and do that services, I expect that uh, in time those same trends will reassert themselves. So uh, whilst it looks great for the, uh, the retailers right now, I'm not sure. No, certainly looking prior to the pandemic, uh, it wasn't exactly humming hot then. So that's what I'm looking at in terms of a longer term. Retail sales, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But I was out for dinner this week. I think I mentioned it to you, Scotty, before because it was such an event. <laughs> and, you know, it's been a long time. Did you time. dress up? <laughs> Sorry, did Gemma, thanks for asking. But I'm pretty sure our table treated ourselves a little better than uh, we would have pre-pandemic. I think you do. I think if you can, you do at the moment. And one final piece of the retail sales puzzle is, of course, consumer confidence again coming out next week after those bumper figures hit last month, which took most people by surprise. And I think we can only expect it to have improved once again, given uh, further opening up of the country uh, and, um, you know, heading into Christmas and, and positive news on the vaccine front. And, of course, the U.S. election yeah. behind us. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens in that. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of good news was priced into that, that previously as well. So it may be uh, the, the easy ground has been, uh, has been achieved. Uh, whether we can, can build upon that, well... You'd expect so, but I would actually wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of a tempering because it's that initial sticker shock like, oh my God, we can actually go and do things and have a bit more freedom. Uh, I think that often leads to a big you no know, jackknife and uh, in sentiment and then all of a sudden it sort of comes back. But 
Uh, let's hope that uh, people are feeling pretty confident. According to what you're saying about going out to dinner and splurging on the best wine. Maybe I, I had a lag or something. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so it look, that's, that's what's uh, awesome. You're going to show up in the December numbers. Yeah, today. exactly. I'm, I'm a December baby. Um, and we also get the NAB business uh, confidence and um, conditions read coming out on Tuesday. So that'll be an interesting one because therein lies the rub, right? If businesses don't mm. start investing and hiring and paying How and increasing wages, then yeah. <laughs> How long can we get great? Well, uh, given it is Friday afternoon, we clearly need to go out and do our bit for, for the economy. Uh, <laughs> wishing uh, both of you and all of our listeners and, of course, Osby's viewers a wonderful weekend. Uh, hope you managed to do your bit to, to, to help prop up retail sales in the yeah, market. Yeah, so. I look, uh, I'm, I'm a patriotic uh, person and I've got no qualms uh, in saying that. So, you know, for those people who enjoy tipple, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, go, and, uh, go and grab a bottle or two of uh, Aussie wine and go and uh, yeah. treat yourself because... Uh, let's go and uh, rally around the flag and go and help our producers because, of course, like, we love having a drink. Uh, summer, we love our, all the drinks. So get out there and have a good weekend with Aussie One. <laughs> See you next See week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.